Hi, and welcome back to On Track Tips. My name is Jason Weiser, and you're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track, and we're helping your small business one expert at a time. And this week, we're talking with Ryan Hanley about content marketing and sensationalism, catchy headlines, content that incites emotion, debates even. How much is too much when you're trying to win this war for attention online and you're trying to break through the noise? For those of you that don't know Ryan, he's the president of Hanley Media Lab. That's a content marketing consultancy and it's helping companies grow their audience for the purpose of growing their business. He's the host of a weekly podcast series, Content Warfare, and he's publishing his first book entitled Content Warfare, How to Find Your Audience, Tell Your Story, Win the Battle for Attention Online. He crowdfunded this thing in just 21 days, raised over $10,000. Ryan understands marketing. More so, he understands content marketing. Ryan Hanley, welcome to the show incredible intro and there's now absolutely no way for me to live up to uh to all the thing i don't I, only about half of that stuff is probably actually true that you just said so oh really <laughs> no i'm just playing. you're not incredible <laughs> <laughs> good yeah, we both agree on the debate i just won the debate everybody <laughs> i won thank you for conceding all right moving on let's get some housekeeping out of the way all right uh you know, i want to give a shout out to all of our twitter chat friends who are using the hashtag right now on track tips if you're over on Twitter, make sure you join us there. Answer today's Twitter question. Are you using content marketing for your small business? If you are, drop your blog. We want to find out. We want to get to know you. On track tips is the hashtag. And of course, we want to thank our sponsor today, Wiser Sites. They're sponsoring the podcast because they want you to know that it's time to get your business off of WordPress.com. Get onto your own self-hosted environment. Wiser Sites. We want to help you do that. And we guarantee you dedicated speed and performance at shared hosting prices, wisersites.com. And remember, this is the last week for our podcast launch party. We got a grand prize drawing later this week. Uh, got a lot of people vo vo going in for this uh, Sony headset. And uh, so we want to say thanks to everybody that left a review over on our iTunes. That's ontracktips.com forward slash iTunes. And we want to make sure that you get into the drawing there. By There's a couple ways you can do it. Make sure you head over to your email today. Open up your email and look for those secret questions. We're going to ask three secret questions. We're going to be giving away some swag today. We got some cool coffee mugs. We, we, coffee mugs we want to hand out. We got some cool T-shirts that we want to give away. You know, I don't know if that's your thing, swag. Then uh, make sure you open up your newsletters. I think that's pretty much all the housekeeping. If you've won already uh, this month during the podcast launch party, make sure you get in contact with me on tracktips.com forward slash contact so that I know where to send you your prizes. Let's get into the today's discussion what do you say I'm ready you're ready okay you're ready they're ready we got everybody all right let's let's obviously we have to frame it this conversation content marketing and start with the obvious question and I'm sure you get asked all the time what is content and what's the goal of content marketing uh, I answer this question differently all the time I actually have an official definition that I came up with that was like gonna be the thing that I said on every show and then about a, two minutes after I posted it I hated it already Basically, I would say that content marketing is sharing, creating media, and an effort to build an audience. The reason that I say that you know, you're not content marketing an effort to grow your business through revenue is because I don't actually think that or believe that your goal in content marketing should be to make sales, right? Sales come from human beings. Content is just attracting people to you. What you're actually doing with your content marketing is trying to build an audience and grow an audience. Get, get a group of people who like, trust, and believe in what you're doing. And once you have that group of people, you can then activate them 
you know, I call that audience activation, uh, and, and pull revenue uh, from that audience. But the goal of content marketing is to create an audience, and then actually getting revenue out of them is a completely separate thing. So posting sales, you know, hey, buy one of my things and you get a second one for free, that's not content marketing because that you're not building an audience with that message. Uh, that's just straight advertising sales copy. So uh, content marketing is media used in an effort to build an audience, if I had to really break it down. Yeah, fantastic. And so there's many different strategies uh, that businesses can employ for marketing their business today, right? There's social media marketing, email marketing, content marketing, of course, direct marketing, terrestrial marketing, paid traffic. In all of these different strategies, do you think that they're all predicated on having some form of content marketing, or do you think that it's it's possible that you can still market your small business without content marketing strategy? So there's different things. Like if you're doing a PPC, right, a lot of those people are going to be completely cold to your brand. So the page that you send them to is going to, you know, most likely you're going to want it to be long form. It's going to have all the uh, testimonials, the social validation, the examples, the dollar, you know, buy the first month is a dollar thing. You know, you're, like, you're going to have all this copy to warm people up to you. And though it's not essentially audience building, try to get people from zero to liking, trusting, and believing in what you're doing in one web page. That's, you know, PPC, billboards, that's what radio advertisements kind of are, are, are all trying to do that, people, get people from zero to 60. Uh, content marketing, and, and this is the main differentiator in my mind, is that you're not trying to get people all the way to the goal. You're just trying to get them to the point where they you know, like, trust, and believe in you. And then separate content, separate activities, separate thought processes, though, you know, all kind of tied together with the brand and the messaging are actually what extract the revenue. And it's a much longer time frame. Now, I also believe that it's only, it's really the only, you know, this audience building methodology is the only true long-term sustainable play that will follow you through all the, the, the ups and downs and the twists and turns and the authorship is here and then it's gone and all these different things. You know, Google doesn't like pages with the color yellow on them because that's the color of spam and now we're just going to take every page that has yellow on it and move it down seven positions, right? The only thing that transcends that is a group of people that believe in you and are willing to follow you. And if you don't have that, you know, then you just have to pay for more until the rates go up and you can't afford the rates anymore. The mar profit margin gets too thin and, and then you're in trouble. So, uh, it's all about audience building. Yeah, so to build audience, we know that that's not, I mean, pay-per-click, I can do a pay-per-click campaign and be one and done in and out within a month. Launch a product, send it to a single page, squeeze page, and I don't have to worry about all this engagement and relationships mm -hmm. and all those things that, 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 that content marketing is all about. So it's pretty safe to say that content marketing is a long play and would you, what would you say to the business owner before they start to engage, you know, or start on this journey of content marketing? What do you caution them about? Uh, my first caution would be trying to market to everybody, right? It's Content marketing works best when you're targeted on a specific group of people. So I know that I'll take, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with my story, I kind of cut my teeth in the content marketing world in, uh, for an independent insurance agency. So one of our areas of expertise was restaurants, okay? So when you go into the content marketing world, sure, we can write apartments and we can write the Chinese restaurant down the street and, and we can write the shoe store and that's great. We can write those things. But if we really want to be successful, especially as quickly as possible, 
I'm going to take our expertise, restaurant insurance, and I am going to solely focus on that one thing. And to Google, at least at the beginning and in, in the social space, and I know everyone's going to say not everyone uses Google and blah, blah, blah. But to everyone who's following us, the people that find us on social media, people that receive our emails, once we've established our funnel and, and people know us and we have authority on that topic, both uh, virtual authority and literal authority, you know, then we can start to expand and pull in our other areas of expertise. But if you want the quickest traction, uh, it's, for me, it's all about understanding who you want first and being the person, the guy or girl on that topic uh, as quickly as you can. Which kind of brings us back to your article, which spurred the kind of debate, which was the specialist versus generalist. Get hyper-specific on your post and your articles. We're yes. going to get to that in just a minute here, which is why I think everybody's here, this whole topic or notion of sensationalism, and the gloves are coming off, and Ryan and I are going to need a referee because we're going to be like tearing each other, you know, tearing each other's face off, but... Uh, probably won't see all that. The reality is it was all sensationalism and we're glad that you guys are here and that you bit. So it works, right? Let's at least say that. The first secret question for today, if you, for those of you that have opened up the newsletter, when is the drawing for the headset? First person to tell me the date that we're drawing, the grand prize drawing for this headset is going to win a ticket into the drawing for the headset. That was the question. Go and open up your email list today. Ryan, I want to talk about, in terms of content marketing, there's tips, there's tactics, there's strategies, right? And uh, I think it's pretty, and let's quickly dispense with the whole tips notion. There's tons of articles out there about tips, things like fill out your profile, use links in your description when possible, keep your posts between 700 and 1,200 words, always use great images. These are tips. We don't need to talk about these. Let's move past them. But strategies, we've talked about strategies, uh, email marketing, social media marketing, and content marketing, right? The tactics that really kind of spurred this debate are really there's two tactics that I see in play today. Maybe you can help elaborate if you know of a third or a fourth. The two that I really see in play are one, sensationalist headlines. We found this this works from companies like Upworthy, for example, high, you know, these, these headlines that are meant to clickbait headlines, right? The second strategy would be answer a question. So I'm over on YouTube and I would create a post with the title of what is content marketing or how do I optimize my YouTube channel? One, targets headlines, sensationalism, link bait. The other answers a question. Talk a little bit about the two different kinds of content marketing approaches, tactics. Yeah, so first let's talk about what link bait actually is. Link bait is only a bad thing if once you click through, what you get is 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 not, it has no value on the other side, right? So the issue that people have with Upworthy and some of these other sites like that is that they have these extremely interesting, exciting headlines that you click on and then what you get is like a letdown, right? You get there and you're like, ugh, I can't believe I clicked on that headline. Because what I have, what I'm looking at now, is no good. It's not interesting, entertaining, or inspirational. So this is where I come off on the sensationalist headline thing, is that you have to give people a reason to want to click the link. There are millions of links created every day in the form of new content, and then God knows, I'm sure David Kucher or some of the other people who are a lot smarter than me when it comes to this stuff, or in the in the forum here, will have you know will know how many more are reshared. So the only time that these things are bad is if is what you get isn't valuable on the other side, right? So when someone says that, you know, like you write an article and it's sensationalism, just because of a headline is has an exciting pull or pulls on people's emotions or gets them interested, then what you're saying is what's on the other side of that headline has no value. It was only a good catchy headline. Everything else that came along with it was had no value. 
That that is what you're saying when you call something sensationalism or link bait, right? Because otherwise, it's just a interesting, catchy title that grabs your attention, gets you clicked through, and then gives you valuable content, which in no way is a problem to anybody because that's why you click through to links and read articles in the first place is to be uh, educated or inspired or you know just whatever it gets you. There is a reason that you click through to articles. If a title gets you to click through to something that you find has value or, or is entertaining, then who cares how the headline is formatted? There's a million ways the headline, to format headlines. You can Google and you'll find hundreds of thousands, if not millions of articles written on different headline templates. The only way something is link baiter is if you're not putting the value on the back end. I'm not for that. I am for interesting, exciting headlines that get people jacked up, that give them a reason to click through, and then I do everything that I can to provide people with as much value as I can on the backside. So that is my personal opinion on link bait and sensationalism, is that you are only doing something that is a negative if you are not providing the value on the backside, which I believe I do every single time. Okay, so the other thing is asking questions. My first content marketing campaign that I ever did was called the 100 Insurance Questions Answered in 100 Days Video Series. What I did was I asked my audience at the time, which was mostly Facebook, email, and some clients at the insurance agency, to give me, I, I asked them one simple question. If you could have one question asked about insurance, what would it be? And I got 147 responses. I pared those down to 100. And then from January 1st, 2012, for the next 100 days, whatever that finishes at, I answered a, a, a question, one of those questions, in two minutes or less on a YouTube video. It took me approximately 18 minutes per video from, from capturing the video to getting it on YouTube to getting it out to a blog post. It took me 18 minutes per video for 100 days. We went from 72 hits a week to over 600 hits a week in those 100 days. It also produced over $5,000 in revenue net revenue after expenses and, and all that kind of stuff. So this is actual revenue in our pockets for our business in those 100 days. So I think that answering questions could be one of the most effective ways for a small business to generate both traffic and brand awareness as well as new business. Great. I'm glad to hear that you said that. So that, you know, in what we're talking with right now today, if for those of you that are just joining us, you're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track, and we're helping your small business one expert at a time. And today we're talking with Ryan Hanley, about content marketing and sensationalism, catchy headlines, content that instigates debate, and and uh, how much is too much. Um, we're going to go to our second secret question right now. Also, for those of you that are on the news newsletter, if you're not getting the newsletter, head on over to OnTrackTips.com. Look for the big red button and push it. All right. Uh, for those of you that did push that big red button, the question is, uh, and this is going to be the second person to answer this, is going to get the uh, what is going to get a t-shirt and the question is what is the name of Ryan Hanley's blog should be a pretty easy one what's the name of Ryan Hanley's blog talking about sensationalism versus headlines that are keyword based headlines is sensationalist uh, content a sustainable content marketing strategy and the post that stirred this all was titled Google has killed the generalist and of course I kind of took that conversation in a whole different direction than I think what Ryan had initially intended and I really reacted only to the title and the first three sentences frankly I didn't get a whole lot deeper into the conversation before I wrote my rebuttal which sparked this 75 plus comment debate and, and, and two more blog posts and multiple posts so in one sense Ryan 
instigated a debate. He got a lot of attention with this article, and so some might say, well, he won. Now, there's others on the other side, though, that have written things that say, come on, Hanley, what is it with the sensationalism? And we ask, you know, was your article really of value? We even had comments like, good gracious, Hanley, get out of your content marketing head. It's warping your reality. Or speaking to sensationalist articles, all you're doing is finding ways to keep the stats counter on your website going. This is not a good business model unless, of course, your business is on-page advertising and you're chasing social proof. Or your article is all about authority, and yet are you seriously hoping to win authority with a sensational article like this? Hanley, come on. Yeah. And lastly... In the article, Yellow Journalism, I know you want to get at this. I'm going to give you, in the article written by Nick Cardot, which was a brilliant article from SiteSketch 101, head on over and read the article about Yellow Journalism. He says, I begin thinking about how much of content marketing is just sensationalized, exaggerated propaganda designed to draw in traffic. The first several paragraphs of Hanley's article are nothing more than this. Your turn. So so there's, so I have a couple of thoughts on this, right? A lot of the things that you read don't impact me at all because, look, no matter what you write, like people bash on Seth Godin. I've watched people tweet negative things about things that Seth Godin says, and he's smarter than everyone who's listening to this and the two of us all combined, right? Guy's incredible. 17 bestsellers. That's more bestsellers than everyone that's listening to this has combined. And people knock him and his ideas So, and the things that he does and why doesn't he have comments and how can he write short posts and he doesn't write for SEO and he doesn't, you know, all blah, 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 blah. How can you write a book that doesn't have a title on the cover? How, there's a million. Everyone is going to jump onto somebody when they see something, and we talked about this in our own thing, right? As content creators, as someone who's willing to put themselves out there, you have to be. You have to understand where people are coming from, right? So when I wrote that article, I wrote it for a couple different reasons. One, I write everything from the type of person that I am. I'm energetic. I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy, and I, I have strong opinions. I mean, that's just who I am. If you aren't into that, if you don't like that, then you know, I might not be the best resource for you and the information that you need to consume to do your work better. Okay, that's, so that's, that's the first part. I think you have to understand that as a content creator. Jay, you have a certain way about you. Your show has a certain way, right? For some people, they may love how buttoned up your show is, and it's great, and it's and they know what they're going to get. They're going to get value. It's going to be hard-hitting. It's going to be quick. You're going to ask the right questions. They like that. Other people may say, geez, I would rather that it was more conversational and that it was a little different every time. And they may say, oh, geez, Jay, you can't be successful. How can you be successful with a, with a show that, that, that isn't, you know, that isn't um, scripted 100% or has a script at all, right? And they're going to push back on you. So I think that what I like to keep... You know, and I know everyone has their own opinions about this, and some of the comments have been like, well, what's actual value? And I mean, I can't answer that. I can tell you that for every person who, who had something negative to say about that article, I had just as many people coming to me and going, oh, we get it, we love the enthusiasm, you know, blah, blah, blah. I took from the people who were really hating from that article, I took, what I took from them is that one, they take this stuff way too seriously. It's just a blog post and a set of ideas. Two, they're not my audience. There's nothing wrong with that. You can be my... Fr I have friends of mine who are good buddies who are in my wedding that don't read my blog, that don't necessarily care for all my viewpoints, and we disagree on stuff all the time, but they're still my friends. So it's the kind of thing where... You know, I, I listen to the things. I listen to, to what people had to say. I don't necessarily agree with them all. 
I think that uh, some of it is purist journalism nonsense that that I don't I don't subscribe to. I'm not a journalist, right? Like I can barely string a set of sentences together without a grammatical error or some sort of accent issue, or you know. So I, I don't necessarily take it to heart. I think that what bothered me about the conversation in general was how serious people got. Right, like some people were like, "You don't know how to do." Look, I was in a small business grinding it out from zero for eight years. Right, like I know what works in content marketing for a small business. So unless you have run a family-owned uh, business in a local market and been successful, I literally could care less about what your opinion is. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. I've done it. I I know what works. So. I'm not saying that sensationalism is the issue. I mean, one out of every 10 posts that I write may have a sensationalist title. But I think that the major takeaway for me was is that when I write something, the reaction I get, I have to frame it as this person is coming from this place. And what they did was take my thoughts, put it into their world, and spit back their beliefs. So I have to take that for what it is, right? And I can't let it to go to heart. You know, I mean, that's that's where I came from that. I try to keep a 20% hater quotient. If 20% of the people aren't hating on what I'm saying, then I'm not doing the good stuff. You know, you're not producing good quality content. I mean, people people go nuts on Malcolm Gladwell, right? Tipping point. That's not a sensationalist title. But people tear this dude apart. And he's like one of the smartest guys that we have out there sharing his thoughts in the digital world. I'm not nearly there. So I think we just need to not take these things so seriously. And when we do produce content that we know is pushing the edge, we have to understand where people are coming from with their rebuttals. Sensationalism works. We've seen it work. We've seen it in journalism. We see it in tabloid industry at our at our get at our grocery stores. So it, and and it's pretty safe to say that what we've come to the conclusion here is that if you're going to do the sensationalist strategy as a small business owner, make sure that you've got something on the other side of that. Because frankly, if somebody clicks on a sensationalist article, they land on your site. It may be the first time they get there. If they find nothing on the other side, you're never going to visit you again. Yeah. Likely. A hundred percent. You know, you have to commit yourself to being as valuable as you can be, right? And you know, I saw a couple of people say, well, what's value, blah, blah, blah. You know, hey, you're not always going to hit the mark, right? I mean, could I have expanded upon that and add another thousand words and made my point a little more straightforward? Sure, I could have, but that's just not the way that it came out of me. So maybe a couple months from now, I'll write another article that's similar that dives into a different aspect of what my beliefs are on that topic. You know, I think that as long as you are trying as hard as you can, and being authentic, transparent, and honest, your audience will will give you, hey, I agree with this, I don't agree with this, I agree with this, I don't agree with this, and, and you'll move along in an audience creator mentality. It's when you obviously mail it in for the purposes of attracting website traffic or something like that, that people start to not appreciate your work. So. And that's the perfect segue into our next section here. Before I jump into the next section, I want to give our last secret question out there. Again, open up your newsletters, look for the three questions. This time we're going to give away another coffee cup, and that coffee cup is going to go to the first person that can tell me 
how can I win the grand prize? And uh, the answer in there, how can I win this headphone on September 10th, which Sid Rust won the first coffee cup, Heather Crafter won the t-shirt, and we're looking for our third person. Let's turn into the, the third section of the dis discussion, and I want to turn it over to business owners. So if you're saying, if you're going to enter into the content uh, marketing for your small as a marketing strategy for your small business, which I think we've determined is kind of important, or if mm -hmm. not necessary. Then the other thing you said is a original, genuine, and honest, but not every small business owner that's bootstrapping their company has the ability to write good content. Not all of us are good writers, right? So what hope is there for the small business owner to engage in content marketing if all of this stuff, if it's, we've already determined that it's a long play, it's, you, you caution people that it's, it's not an overnight thing, you're going to take a long time if you want to you know, take, do a frontal assault on organic search, for example, which was kind of what your article was about, be a specialist, write about, that way you'll get picked up in organic search. What can you say to the small business owner that can't write? Yeah, so that's, I love this question. Okay, so the not all content needs to be written, right? You could do video, you could do audio, you could do imagery. Two, you could take Dustin Stout's visual content mastery course and learn how to create great visuals and share Instagram images, you know, with cool text on them or whatever, vignettes and stuff, and have that be your content. Like, your content doesn't necessarily need to be written. Now, I think that if you're a best practice would be to have good written content, but I think that it is a necessity to be a creator to some extent, but if you're not a great writer or it takes you a lot of time, then become a little better at content cur curation. Uh, yeah, I know you got something coming out with repurposing content, right? Work really hard on creating one piece of content and then figure out all the different ways that you can repurpose that content. So, or pay somebody to create one great piece of content for you and then repurpose it a bunch of different ways. So I think there are things that we could do, and not to get too technical, but I think things like repurposing, uh, content curation, using different forms of media can help you get that into the world get your message in front of the people that it needs to be in front of uh, while not necessarily stressing you so much on being some prolific writer. Okay, fire hose round. Uh, we've mm -hmm. really only got about three more minutes left here, so these are just short answers. I know you're going to want to answer them longer than that. I'll try to keep my, my verbiage down. Yeah, do you're a small business owner. Do you need to have a blog on your website? Yes. All right, and if, if, if you need to have a blog on your website, does that blog have to be in your voice, or can you hire out to... Can you outsource that to a different, like ghostwriters or copywriters? Can, yes, should, no. But what if I'm no good? Now we're back to this question. What if I can't write? What if, my, if, if I'm not engaging and I'm not able to write within 700 to if, 1,200 words? If you are truly a master or at least have some sort of expertise in your area, people will, for, will for, forgive small technical errors or an amateurish nature in exchange for your high-quality uh, expertise and knowledge. So hire maybe a um, what, what would you call an, an editor, editor or something editor. like that. Yeah, fantastic. I love that answer. And so when we talk about other content, you know, we we need to find ways, wouldn't you say? Then if I'm going to create video, if I'm going to do a podcast, we need to find ways to kind of assimilate that back into our blog. Yes or no? Yeah. Yep. I actually have an insurance agent buddy who does a podcast. He talks into a microphone for 15 minutes. He sends that out. Someone packages up all the technical stuff and publishes the podcast for him. All he does is speak into a microphone and hit send. He so I write. think he doesn't write. Um, th that person actually does 
uh, transcription for him, so he gets a nice written transcription. He puts along with his with his blog with his uh, podcast episode, and that's how he gets his content into the world. And he doesn't have to worry about being a writer. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, and there are people that can help. The last question then is uh, specialist versus generalist, which was about your article in general. And I want to look at a guy like uh, Randy Brown over at the Salton Sea Walk. Okay, the guy's walking around the Salton Sea. It's 116 miles in the hot. He's written many, many articles about the Salton Sea. He's been a specialist on his blog and written. Now he's starting to write about things like dry socks, hiking, mm -hmm. fitness, nutrition. These are more generalist terms. What do you say to Randy? Good plan, well, good strategy, or bad strategy? Uh, fine. Now that he's established himself as a specialist in the salt, you know, in that salt and sea, he can start to expand, and his audience will come with him. My major point to people on the specialist versus generalist was the idea that if you're most people are coming from zero, right, or very very little, they have not established themselves. Somebody like yourself, you can have more generalist content because you have this established expertise and you have this established brand, and you can start to you can start to widen your scope. But when you're coming from a place of almost nothing or zero, the, the quickest way to traction is to become an expert on a topic. And then once you've established yourself as that expert and built an audience around that expertise, you can start to uh, spread yourself out and bring in new areas of expertise. And there won't be as long a build-up time to expertise in those additional areas because people will apply that same amount of authority that they have to you as the salt and sea guy to the dry socks guy or the you know whatever else you're writing about because you've already established yourself so that was really the main point that I was trying to make there is, is when you're if you're well established and you know you can start to spread out but at the beginning you know to get traction my recommendation to people is always focus on one or two things and then once you establish yourself in those one or two things you can start to expand out to your other services and I'm not really sure why you came here today. If you came here because of the headlines and the sensationalists, if you were looking for a smackdown and some blood between Ryan and myself today, I hope that we've delivered in today's message and uh, been able to cover the topic of sensationalism right here at Get On Track, Stay On Track, because we are helping your small business one expert at a time. And Ryan, you've done a fantastic job of responding to this uh, topic, to this debate, to this discussion on sensationalism. I want to echo what Nick Cardot, the person who wrote the article about yellow journalism, he says in our stream, he says, Ryan, you're just doing great. I mean, you're a great sport. We love listening to you talk about this stuff. The way that you responded on his thread was honorable, and I think that you won a lot of naysayers over with the way that I wish we could talk more about how do you react to content when, when there are haters to your content. Unfortunately, we're out of time here at On Track Tips, and people are going to want to know, Ryan, how can we find more Ryan Hanley? Best place to get me is either on G Plus or RyanHanley.com. If you want to have a conversation about anything, G Plus is the place to get at me. I, I love it here, and I'm always around, and uh, always enjoy good good conversations like Nicholas Cardot's article. Right? I mean, we had a great. Unfortunately, I was on mobile that day, so I couldn't really get into the mix until later on. But that was, you know, it's all about sharing ideas, and I think I grew and as a as a person, as a creator, and I think everybody in that stream hopefully did as well. So here we are, and I want to say thanks, and I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Wiser Sites, helping you get off WordPress.com. Get onto your self-hosted environment, dedicated speed and security at Shared Hosting Rates. Saying goodbye to our expert today, Ryan Hanley of Content Warfare. Thank you, Ryan, for being such a great sport, and we're going to see you again next time here at On Track Tips. Bye for now, Ryan. Thanks, everybody.